0: Welcome to this episode of How We Hatched, a bonus podcast series by Hatchpad. I'm your host Tim Winkler. Join me as we dive into candid conversations with tech founders and leaders and unveil their unique startup journeys.
1: On today's episode, we sit down with Luca Antiga, the Chief Technology Officer at Lightning AI, a startup that provides an open-source library for developers to build AI models and full end-to-end ML systems. Luca breaks down how he first got interested in deep learning, what it was like to bootstrap his first startup company, and what he appreciates about Lightning's company culture. Grab a drink, relax, and enjoy the episode.
0: All right, well let's yeah, let's jump into it, make the most of uh of our time. So, um Luca, thank you again for for joining us on on the pair program.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Of course, yeah, and so this is um, again a a bonus episode of a mini series that we call "How We Hatched," Um, and this is intended to be you know a casual discussion to you know hear a little bit more about your unique career journey and where you came from, um, how you arrived at the current point Um, in your seat today as the CTO of Lightning AI. Um, So I always like to start by you know having you provide uh, just our listeners with a quick overview of of lightning AI and, um, you know, uh, quick hit on, on the problems that you're solving here.
2: Yeah, for sure. So lightning, uh, comes from what was known before as great AI. So we recently rebranded in lightning AI. Uh, we provide a kind of a unique, uh, blend of, um, training abstractions. So, uh, Providing a way for people to build models uh, with uh, uh, by leveraging what was known before or uh, until very recently as PyTorch Lightning, which now is uh, the Lightning Trainer abstraction within Lightning, and um, having at the same time a unique access to a obstructive version of the infrastructure. Right now, you know, nowadays uh, if you do. Uh, ML or ML ops, you have a, a sharp distinction between the application layer and the infra. Uh, we think that getting more leverage on the infra side from a programmatically uh, will enable people to build full ML systems uh, without necessarily uh, keeping those aspects separate, like the the infra aspect and the logic aspects. Um, And what we really want to do is empower the developers from, you know, the future developers from tomorrow, which will deal with AI in any shape or form uh, to build their systems in a way that is, you know, as natural as writing Python code. So this is what Lightning is about. It is an open source library. Uh, You can go to GitHub and see the framework. Um, Or... Uh, and it has a cloud counterpart, which is Lightning Cloud, where you can run your uh, ML systems, your, your Lightning apps, as we call them, uh, and deploy them really uh, effortlessly on the cloud or on and your you, own cloud.
0: And we'll we'll dissect that a little bit more. We'll, we'll break that down um, uh, a little bit uh, uh, throughout this conversation, but. Um, let's, let's, uh, uh, again, start, um, um, back, a, a little bit, let's backtrack here in terms of, uh, you know, how you got into, into this, um, industry. And, uh, I always am intrigued with how folks get into the, the world of tech. Um, you know, you're, you're dialing in, uh, from, from Italy. Um, let's talk about where you grew up and, and, uh, again, like how you made this transition into the, the world of tech.
2: Yeah. None of this was planned, but you know I grew up uh, <laughs> on Lake Garda. <laughs> uh which is a lake that is not far from here. Uh it's between where I am today, Bergamo, uh in Lombardy, and Verona. Uh there's a very nice lake. I was born there. Uh it's uh it's a Mediterranean pocket within within our region. Uh, and I go get back there every every summer, you know, when, when once you're born there, you tend to go back there like many other places people are born. And then I went to high school there and um, I was an uh, electronic engineering uh, in uh, in Brescia first. And then I moved to Milan because there was this new uh, university course, bioengineering, biomedical engineering that was really interesting to me. So I did the last three years there, and I graduated in biomedical engineering. And the biomedical engineer is a person that, you know, applies now nowadays, very common, but applies the methods of engineering to medicine and so on. Um, and uh, then I got a PhD in the same discipline, and I started doing my PhD. I started doing algorithms in the field of uh, uh, cardiovascular modeling and modeling blood vessels in general. Uh, so. Uh, uh, algorithms related to describing those objects in uh, three dimensions to kind of measure them properly, applying computational geometry algorithms and so, and then also simulating blood flow uh, using partial differential equations. And this is how I got into uh, yeah, the modeling part of thing, side of things. Uh, although I didn't do any machine learning back then, it was more like uh, from equations to simulated solutions. Uh, I did my postdoc in Canada, uh, in London, Ontario. I had a lot of fun there uh, in 2003 and a uh, uh, short part of 2002 and 2003. And then I got back here and I uh, at a, a research institute here in, in Bergamo. And I started my own like small uh, unit uh, small lab. And in 2009, I decided that I wanted to... Like see through and see like even more applied stuff. And I decided to, yeah, uh, start my own company and, you know, resign from my, from my job. And, um, a baby was coming. So this perfect time, right? To tell your wife, Hey, I'm (laughs) going to resign (laughs) and I'm going to start my company. But she was, uh, supportive of that. So we all decided to embark on this adventure. And I founded what is today a company of like uh, about sixty people here in Italy. That today is is doing applied AI. Uh, the company is called Aerobics, um, but we didn't do AI at the beginning. It was more again mathematical modeling and so on. Uh, leveraging partly leveraging an open source library that I created when I was doing my postdoc, uh, which is called BMTK, a vascular modeling toolkit, and it, Turns out that a lot of labs around the world uh, were using it, but they they needed some more engineering on top of it. So that was a good opportunity to start. But at some point, there was kind of a uh, uh, a company that came to us with a problem that was a bit too hard for the techniques I I knew back then. And so this is how we looked into machine learning first and deep learning second. And we found out that using deep learning, and this was like twenty. 14, uh, we could solve the problem much faster. And the what we actually created didn't have anything to do with the actual problem we wanted to solve. It was much more general. So we had this realization that, yeah, maybe we should do like applied AI you know, from here. And so this is how, aged 38, uh, I started to uh, get into deep learning. Uh, and that was a pretty wild ride. Because uh, I started like using again open source tools to do that, and I got into you know contributing to Pytorch when it came out in 2017, got to know the core team, and uh, uh, built a few other things around deep learning, I Redis AI and so on. And so at the end, we said, why don't we kind of start uh, like a small company dedicated to technology? That was Tensor Work, which uh, was funded uh, in the state of New York as a spin-off from aerobics in 2019. And then shortly after, uh, we started working uh, with Grid AI. And this is how we met because uh, we wanted to try things out, like we uh, wanted to try things out, some of the technology you know that we built uh, for their product. And then we became a family. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And this is how I got here. So that's, you know, in a few minutes, uh, my, my very serendipitous journey.
0: That's great. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to break some of this down cause it's, it's a super unique, uh, you know, kind of zigzag journey. Um, <laughs> you know, starting with the fact that you're a, you know, soon to be, soon to be father getting ready to, uh, go and and, and uh, did you bootstrap aerobics?
2: Oh Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. for sure. So this, like is, we were this is like your um, Bootstrap for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Did Did you have a co-founder? Yes, of course. You know, um, we were three people at the time. One of them was my high school friend, who is currently the CEO uh, of Aerobics, and then there was another person who was my first uh, master's student, uh, thesis student back in 2000, mm. uh, and uh, and then. Uh, he decided to uh, go his own way in uh, 2014. So uh, my high school friend, Pietro, and, and I, I continued the adventure.
0: And the um, the company, uh, did it start as a services company at first or were you building a product yeah, from yeah, the right. very beginning?
2: No, no, no. Uh, we were services. We, <laughs> I, I'm joking that, the, you know, at the beginning we had... Competencies and like very big ideas on what we wanted to do. So it's kind of uh, uh, the way you don't want to start, uh, but at the same time it's the way I got to learn a ton of stuff. So yeah. at the beginning it was a bit frightening, right? because you know I was doing kind of well in research. I uh, had my you know my papers, my, my stuff, uh, my collaborations. So it felt a bit like, uh, Oh my God, what am I doing? Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I have, you know, now I need to look for clients and so on. Like when you're on the other side, it looks like an adventure. Now, when you are in the adventure, you understand that there will be nights in which you stay up, like thinking, uh, you know, how are you going to get to, you know, the next few months. Yeah. Um, you know, for a VC funding company, it's a bit different probably, mm-hmm. but for a bootstrap company, it's, uh, constant you know struggle with you know will i make it to the end of the year or not um but then we consistently did it and we grew uh, year over year so that was a uh so satisfying always,
0: i always like to ask this question because um i think back to my own my own start uh with with hatch and um you know it started as an independent consultant for a couple of years um really supporting you know small businesses and you know, kind of working 80, 80 hour weeks uh, until I was able to get enough business to feel comfortable to hire somebody up. So I was always curious, like, you know, so you came out of this research lab and um, your co-founder, um, you know, probably had his his own connections as well. Did you have business already firmed up when you started aerobics as like you had clients immediately ready to to support or did you go in with no business and you both were kind of doing BD from scratch?
2: Yeah, it's kind of the second thing, right? We, we, I knew a lot of people that were using the software, uh, the open source stuff, and so on. So I figure, you know, I'll, they they need help. I know that they, they need help, right? And they did. Uh, some of them did. Uh, and then my co-founder as well had some, you know, connections and so on. But yeah, it was pretty. Like going back, probably we wouldn't have done it the same way. <laughs> Yeah. Like it was pretty adventurous, borderline uh, reckless. But at the same time, we needed to learn a lot. Like I personally didn't, still needed to learn a lot. Sure. So even, you know, going into a very structured adventure would have taken away the, like the breadth of things that we could do because we, I learned about, and, you know, back in 2009, there was this moment where a lot of database, NoSQL databases were coming out. So there was this, you know, everybody was kind of looking like they built their own database (laughs) somehow. So that work was completely new to me. And then Heroku came out like in those years. And I remember reading the page for Heroku and even like, I read this, but I I didn't literally understand anything about it. So it was a discovery every day. And then programming languages again, functional programming, was something that I got passionate with with closure and so on. So it was a constant discovery. Yeah, it was a very, very, very and, fun time
0: and open source too. It was would you say that was still you know somewhat fairly early stage when folks were doing you know open source work and opening up uh, their their repos yeah. and
2: yeah, yeah, for sure. I got first into open source in twenty uh, so two thousand four. Uh, mm-hmm. So my library was released back then, but. I kind of learned it from uh, projects like BTK, Visualization Toolkit, which was what I was basing my library on, and ITK, which were uh, projects coming out from uh, not really GE, but there were people from GE in the medical space there, and visualization space that were kind of doing that. And they were doing it high quality. So they had all the dashboards for continuous integration and so on. Uh, back in 2000. So mm-hmm. that was a great school. And I ended up like, knowing most of them because at some point I started contributing to a project that is called... Uh, you know, ITK is a medical imaging project as well as Slicer. So I got into that community. Slicer is a, a 3D visualization software for medical imaging. And some of my stuff got integrated into Slicer. So again, it was a very, very exciting learning experience for me.
0: Yeah, and it's um, important to kind of touch on these parts of the story because, you know, when we think about what Lightning's doing, you know, today, right, and, and you're combining, you know, these pieces of open source, you're, you're combining, you know, deep learning, um, you know, these are the building blocks of what, you know, leads down this path of how, um, you know, you become a part of this, this new organization yeah, yeah. years later.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think, you know, the, the thing I, I, I enjoy doing the most is having two things <laughs> in either end, and then realizing that two things can, you know, be put together, you know, and uh, you can create something that is maybe you know not new in absolute terms, but it can advance. Like it can make people's life a bit easier uh, if they're doing certain things. So I've been always like uh, uh, fascinated by this aspect of you know uh, two consolidated. Things. like I, I remember doing my my phd i had a computational geometry paper on in one hand and another uh paper in in another hand and um uh, that how like i was literally printing them <laughs> i looked at them and i said wait if i put these two things together maybe you know i can make an algorithm that is uh you know can 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 be useful and this is how the uh some of the center line stuff computational stuff that i that i did Came to be because sometimes you cannot really plan these things, right? It they come at a particular point in time because you have visibility and you can integrate information from two different sources. But it, yourself, without the history, couldn't probably put the two things together. So it takes a lot of serendipity and like you know, uh, you know, going off uh, on on what you think is interesting in order to be able to realize in that moment in time that you can put the two things together. So you kind of, you know, let, give yourself, have to give yourself the room to make this thing growing.
0: Yeah. And and it's also, I, um, I agree with you. I think it also comes down to timing, right? Because, you you know, you were probably dabbling in deep learning before deep learning was really a a big thing. Right. And, And it's still, it's still very much an early stage kind of, Tech, I would say, in terms of you know how many companies are are using this um, in real world scenarios, and you were using this you know at a time when um, you know it's it's still so much left for uh, technology to kind of catch up, and and I think that's interesting because yeah you, know, you you are kind of setting some groundwork here, and also you know uh, I think this plays into you know you you being a you know, a thought leader uh, in, in in a space that you know warrants you know being the CTO of, of a company that's centered around this type of technology. Yeah. So
2: I wouldn't regard myself as a thought leader for sure, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but well, uh, we, we we would say
0: it's a you know a, some level of a, a subject matter expert uh, to to an extent. Um, so let's let's jump back into the aerobics story. So you you joined in 2009 uh, as co-founder and, and principal scientist and. Um, you know, over the years, you're you're building this with your co-founder. Um, tell me, just I guess from a headcount perspective, how does this company evolve in the first few years? How how quickly does it grow? Um, and, and to what Not extent? Not very
2: quickly. It was a quasi-static expansion, let's say, <laughs> up until okay. some point, and that point coincided with us realizing that we needed to do like applied AI, uh, as we said it like last mile uh, AI and this also coincided with a with a challenge right so we decided not to do you know yeah research because as a company at the time you know uh, and you know even afterwards like uh you're either you know you you can either sustain yourself with research which is very hard to do uh or you try to to solve like real world problems like we set out to do and this taught me a lot because we wanted to go out there, like in the manufacturing space or healthcare space, back in the days, um, and, and try to address the the uh, problems that needed a production deployment, which is not necessarily a technological challenge as much as it is um, um, a procedural challenge mm-hmm. on how you get there. Right. So, if you have a an industrial line with an inspection. Uh, you need to do inspection uh, in an inspection machine or from a camera and so on um, for quality. Your like for your thing to be applicable, your performance needs to be super high and needs to be controlled. So no matter how high how high it is, it needs to be controlled so that if something changes, then you need to either compensate for it. Your model needs to be robust enough, or you need to know about it. And um, and not only that, but also the way you take your customer through the journey of adopting AI is a challenge in itself, because culturally it's a very different thing from you know the classical computer vision system that you know the integrator will go there and configure and, and so on. So um, we've gone through all these uh, hurdles, which were partly yes making models that could perform, but also how to figure out how to you know uh get to a point where we don't stop at the poc because poc i wouldn't say it's easy but yes you know it's much easier than actually going to to production and we haven't always been successful with that uh but through the mistakes and through the you know the labor of you know trying again i think um uh, we found uh like a uh, a recipe or some kind of something that can be uh, equated to some experience baggage that you you, you take with you um, on how to, you know, apply deep learning uh, in, in the real world. Um, and so, yeah, this was, to me, very, very useful to kind of understand that the, the problem of applying AI goes beyond just training the latest model on image. Right, Mm -hmm. so yeah, and you and you start to get exposure
0: into how this is applied in different industries. So it's you know
2: it it was kind of proven a a little bit in the
0: in the medical community, and then you you are in uh, expanding this into other industries. And um, so as you're uh, growing in this uh, in this startup, um, you're you're not only learning more about you know the technology, um, but how to be you know how to be a leader, uh, probably how to. How to grow a team, um, how to keep them engaged. And uh, you were uh, a part of this uh, organization. Well, are you still a part of this, this
2: company today? Aerobics? I'm still a co-founder. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I, uh, I, I'm I, very attached to, to Aerobics, uh, the company, and try to give my contribution for what I can today, given my involvement with Lightning. Uh, but for
0: sure it's kind of your your baby right this was where you you first kind of cut your teeth as as an entrepreneur yeah and the team is Um,
2: fantastic like we have a fantastic team that you know sometimes i joke you know they uh uh, need to realize how how great they are (laughs) and how many (laughs) things they know and sometimes when you're head down on you know practical problems and and so on you kind of forget and you, you maybe you know you see other kind of uh uh, context as being, uh, kind of, you know, out there and, uh, you know, thriving, but mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to recognize sometimes, uh, uh, how, how many things you know and, uh, how much value you, you can bring, uh, to companies. So the this is also something that I'm trying to do as, Part of an organization that has a, a visibility and so on to kind of uh, uh, create the opportunities for um, people working in aerobics to uh, to interact uh, with with companies like like Lightning, and uh, we started doing that this year. There were the conditions, and uh, I hope this comes uh, up as a uh, opportunities for. Uh, applying uh, things that we're developing in lighting in context for which they weren't necessarily thought at the beginning. Sure. So I think yeah, it's a unique a a unique, uh,
0: uh, unique opportunity in terms of the you know you're straddling to to two you know, young companies right and through that you know connecting value between the two based on you you being kind yeah. of like this anchor relationship. Um, yeah well, I, I, so hopefully,
2: that, you know I don't want to push it, right? I don't want to yeah. force it. I just want to create the boundary conditions because sure. I, I think it would be unnatural for me to kind of push it away. But I think I see a lot of value, so i I don't see how it could not happen, right? Sure,
1: hey, startup techies, has this podcast inspired you to explore a new startup career opportunity? Then make sure to check out myhatchpad dot slash jobs to browse startups by stage tech stack and salary
0: so getting back to the um you know how how you get into lightning right so it's, it it sounds like um you know through aerobics uh there was a spinoff of a, a startup called tensor work is that, is that yep. accurate in, t- in 2019 yeah, exactly. and you serve as the ceo um and tell us what TensorWork uh is doing
2: yeah yeah so um uh, so aerobics has a mission that is, you know, taking AI to the last mile, very applied. And so at the same time, a couple of years uh, earlier, I developed, um, I started tinkering with, uh, PyTorch wasn't the out yet uh, with TensorFlow and the concept of a database, our database, which was something I looked into and I was very passionate with uh, and kind of still am. Uh, with Redis, uh, you know, Salvatore Sanfilippo is one of the uh, the you know uh, most famous developers out there. Um, he's not working at Redis anymore, but at the time I, I kind of uh, we kind of met online and so on. So I got passionate about you know uh, looking in the source code for Redis. Uh, and so I thought, like, what happens if you take um, uh, an inference engine like uh, what was the TensorFlow C library back then? And kind of a keeping an uh, in-memory database like Redis to see what comes out of that on the other side, right? Because you could store data temporarily, you can transform data while still on on the database and do stuff with it. And so um, at some point, Redis uh, labs reached out and uh, uh, they were interested in, in pushing this further. And so we were having this like line of development that I kind of catered to uh, within aerobics, but. That was like pure technology, right? And then, um, uh, thanks to VMTK, which we talked about in the, at the beginning, Ricky Zou, which is a colleague now at, at, um, uh, at Aerobics, uh, sorry, at Lightning, sorry about that, um, uh, reached out to me because he started contributing to VMTK and he said, can I do an internship at Aerobics? And I said, oh, sure. But while he was there, we started like, thinking, like talking about uh, deep learning and all the tools that are, you know, we're missing in the deep learning stack. So we, you know, started uh, uh, brainstorming about, for example, data versioning and stuff like that. Uh, And uh, an inference engine, but there back then. Um, And so one year later, we decided to uh, say, what if we started spin off in the state of New York, because Rick is from the state of New York. And we start just, you know, developing open source stuff and see how far we can get. And this is how it came to be. And very early on, uh, Sharon Thomas, who is also at Lightning today, uh, joined. Uh, he wrote the first book on PyTorch. Uh, and so we kind of <laughs> got in touch because I happened to write a co-author of a book on, on PyTorch, by right? Deploying with PyTorch uh, from Manning. and. Uh, and Manning decided the title, Deep Learning with PyTorch. And I knew that uh, Sharon's book was Deep Learning with PyTorch from PAC. So I reached out and said, dude, I'm sorry. You know, The editor wants to tie, put the same title as your book. So I, I felt terrible. At the beginning, it, may, it was meant to be PyTorch in action. So I had no problems with that. And he said, no, no worries. That this is cool, so cool and so on. And I said, this is a... Uh, a nice guy, and of course, yeah, I I kind of knew him from the PyTorch uh, Slack, and and then yeah, we got talking, and he was the, uh, the the, the first engineer who joined uh, TensorFlow, and he took over some of the Redis AI stuff and and uh, and an experiment versioning project uh, as well. So that was a fun time.
0: And this is at a time when it's it's called Grid AI, Zach. Is that correct?
2: This is yeah exactly. Grid was existing. We didn't know about it. Then COVID struck. We were all in our rooms, like you know, doing stuff, uh, you know, killing killing the time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and then I got an email from from Luis, one of the co-founders, and uh, saying, you know, I've seen what you're doing with great AI and Tensor Work in general. You know, are you interested in collaborating? And I said, yes, our first customer. And uh, A few months later, they they told us, you know, why don't you guys join? And uh, and so we did. Uh, So that's how uh, the story uh, evolved. So basically, at the end of 2020, and then we announced a few months later. But at the end of 2020, we ended up uh, joining uh, all of us. And uh, we were initially a small team within Grid AI. uh, Then we're Basically developing stuff that the core team wasn't developing at the time. So some different stuff that's on, uh, based on our prior work and then, um, yeah. And then, you know, things evolved fairly quickly, uh, throughout, uh, 20, 20 first
0: and, and you joined as the VP of engineering?
2: No, I joined as, uh, like the work team, <laughs> essentially. Okay. So I was a tech lead of a team of three. Including myself, um, and then we started uh, working at the main product because we there was the first launch of the grid platform, um, and then after the launch, I was uh, I stepped into a VP of engineering role in May, early May, twenty twenty
1: one,
2: and then uh, with the with the goal basically of. Uh, you know, improving the structure of the engineering team and kind of stabilizing the platform and so on. Uh, and that was a was a challenge in in itself because uh, uh, the team was distributed. The technology was uh, like an evolved technology, so it, it wasn't uh, simple uh, to uh, to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and. Uh, uh, and then uh, a few months later, after we kind of spent the time like building some of the engineering culture and uh, uh, in, uh, you know, team communication and uh, patterns and uh, finding uh, more alignment um, and, and so on, and, and doing a lot of work in stabilizing uh, the product, like and every you know, uh, product that gets first released uh, comes with its own like, tech debt and so on. So how do you balance that and so on? And then, uh, like, I would say six months later, we had this realization where, um, we have, uh, we haven't talked about too much. Sorry about, um, PyTorch Lightning, which is a library that where grid, like where grid originated essentially. So PyTorch Lightning, huge success in the, uh, in the open source world. And Mm -hmm. it's one of the leading framework for, um, building models. and he got a lot of traction. Uh William Falcon, who's the CEO uh at Lightning, is the creator. And uh, you know, people joined him very early on and helped help him in getting uh, uh Lightning off the ground and then a grid was funded. Uh but we had these two products. One was a grid platform where you can um kind of still it. Where you can train models, uh, like you can submit your code and modify. Like if it works on your laptop, it, it works on on the platform. So you you're not exposed essentially um, to the intricacies of the cloud. You just you know use the cloud to run stuff, um, and uh, and then uh, PyTorch Lightning, open source. You know at the uh, you know uh, training abstraction level. Uh, so not so much about infra, but you know uh how you train models and so on. And we can maybe uh dive a bit deeper into that. But there was a little like disconnect between the two, at least we felt that the the, the journey was incomplete. So we built the great platform and the great platform today powers lightning uh for a good part uh as a computer obstruction. But we had a computer abstraction, we had a great training library. But how can we expand uh, the capabilities of the people building models beyond the training, in a way that will allow them to build entire systems with the same kind of flavor for APIs and for building systems that Lightning has, which is you know great APIs, you know discoverable a, discoverable APIs, so that you don't have to learn like twenty abstraction before you uh, you, you use them, but you can discover them piece by piece. Um, and the uh, great defaults and so on. Uh, so this is how the idea for the more like the broader lightning framework came out. And this was that was
0: like the root problem that you were trying to, to solve.
2: Exactly. To empower ML engineers and ML researchers to go beyond uh, model building itself, mm-hmm. because you know uh, uh the like AI itself, creating with AI. Building stuff with AI requires so many pieces nowadays um, that it's even hard to know what you should know, <laughs> and most sure. for the most part, you you don't know what you don't know. Um,
0: making it so accessible,
2: we, we, yeah, making it accessible, like lowering the barrier for yeah. uh, building stuff. Like, call, like focus on the building act, not on you know right. yak shaving and learning all you need to learn to kind of compose things at the minimal, the more granular level, right? Like, how can we make it composable? How we, can we make people build on each other's, like, shoulders, right? Mm-hmm. So this is what we wanted to achieve. And uh, and this was, like, November, December. Uh, and then we, we got into this, uh, you know, new phase. And it, it was really exciting. And it was a... Uh, a very transformative experience to the point that we got from grid AI to lightning AI. Right. Because in fact,
0: was there any any funding that, that, you know, was already on the table, I guess, um, in this, at this point that was helping with, you know, employing folks and, and getting the team together. And
2: so we announced our series B very recently. Um, and, uh, Uh, we, we did our series a earlier on, Mm -hmm. uh, so for now, for for us, uh, it was something we needed to do. Uh, we didn't come up with, with great to be in the space of end-to-end training platform. Uh, what we wanted to be, was always was, uh, kind of transformative, like kind of generational product, like lightning by Torch lightning was for, for training, uh, to empower people to create, like the creation act is what we're focused on. So if in the future, creating software uh, will involve, like it will, uh, right. uh, and it's partially is uh, the use of AI systems and so on, we want to empower developers tomorrow to, to leverage these things in a l- like low code, like programmatic, in a programmatic way, so that you can build things without kind of necessarily wearing hundred heads in order to do that, right? To keep everything in one head, And it's really important because the moment you do that, then the moment you make this experience composable, so that I can take something for some other person and don't and not care about uh, um, what, uh, uh, what 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 that thing is, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Inside. And uh, but just have you know the the ability to use it with something else, and you would argue you know this is what software is. Actually, if you get into the ML world, into the ML space, that is not exactly the the thing that happens today. If you build a I don't know a DAG system, it's pretty like the the experience is pretty from scratch every time. Like then you can argue like you know there are ways of uh, of facilitating this task, but it doesn't feel the same way as when you're building software in other domains. So sure.
0: Yeah, and it's you know it's a group of folks that you're assembling that are, I'd imagine are very much behind this this mission, right? Um, you know, we would equate it oh, to yeah. a, it's a very mission-driven company, um, and the folks that you're attracting are are very passionate about you know the, this problem that you're solving. Um, so I, to 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 bring it back to to kind of like where things sit today um you know what what is the um lay of the land i guess from a from a tech perspective in terms of the, you know who who you all are from a size and how the teams are kind of set up and distributed i'm kind of curious to hear hear that uh from you from you directly
2: yeah so uh the transformation that we just came through uh came from sorry um uh, also came with a uh, like uh, with us reaching a, a level of maturity <laughs> that recently increased by one notch. So last year I was VP of engineering. Uh, I was I, I I pushed for creating three teams. One was the uh, frameworks team, so more on the open source side, PyTorch Lightning, and and uh, the ecosystem. And the application team and the platform team. Application was everything from like microservices to front end and CLI, and then platform was everything related to compute. So compute facing, um, so Bernays, uh, uh you know, provisioning using Terraform and uh, and cloud, uh, essentially cloud APIs. Uh, and there's a ton of complexity down there for sure. So that, that, that was one of the most challenging parts. Um, uh, and like as a, a team structure, we had um, one manager per team. So it's kind of a simplified layout. Um, and we pushed for having every engineer, like simple things, like every engineer should uh, hear what they have to do from one person, <laughs> not multiple, which is like, sounds like uh, uh, like a no-brainer, but sometimes uh, communication patterns affect you, the way... You know, even people are aligned on, on, around what's important in a major way. So, uh, but at that point where we figured out where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do, uh, at the same time, I felt that it was a time for us at the end of this transformation to kind of um, uh, have access to people that had like a vast experience in scaling and engineering team, mm-hmm. teams, which I haven't done, like past the skills that we're at. So I think there are certain situations in which you can build your own, like experience based on your own mistakes, like the early days at Robics, right? Um, sure. But some other situations in which it's better to kind of call the, the person that you know has done it at, at least two or three times, uh, and so this is what we did. We we looked for a VP of engineering and a VP of product that could kind of uh, take us to the next level, and and that was a very good move. And right now, we are in the process of uh, uh, you know structuring and getting us organized for um, for what's going to come. In terms of organization, um, and uh, so you are essentially you're hiring time, your yeah.
0: back bill, h- hiring somebody that's going to come and take in your place as VPE, and and you know there's a there's a level of um, you know just humbling yourself and saying like I'm not I know I'm not this person to oh, yeah. to scale this team. We need somebody who's yeah. got the chops that that really knows has been there in this type of role. Um, we see that Absolutely. common in, in a lot of startups, of like kind of knowing when to fire yourself from one position and 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 bring in somebody that is an expert in that specific s- stage.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you kind of feel it, right? So when, where you kind of used common sense and your experience and mm-hmm. that's like uh, you, you start seeing the shortcomings and, uh, uh, and uh, without necessarily having things not work, but at the same time kind of recognizing that, um, you know, if the scale increases past the critical point the next critical point then you won't you will not be the right uh person for the job sure um, so that that's absolutely uh, absolutely essential to me uh as an experience and then I was lucky to kind of you know, you know uh, uh, have the opportunity to to you know step in the cTO role which allows me to you know, uh, having a very experienced BP of the engineer um uh, in the company, uh, to to play a more like cross functional function, at the same time have the opportunity uh, to kind of contribute with uh, some of the technical stuff as well. So, I mean, it's a it's it's a very lucky circumstance, I would say, at this point.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a different. Way of of how many startups kind of start, right? They'll sometimes originally start with that CTO kind of co-founder and, um, you know, then they need to bring in a VP of engineering at a certain point where it's, you know, you kind of started in the VPE slot and, you know, went into the CTO slot. Um, Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm not a co-founder, right? So I, I, like, I had a very, like, (laughs) uh, non-classical induction into this. Uh, Sure. But, you know, with Will, we have, uh, uh, we share a lot of the vision and, uh, um, and, and with the team as well. Like I'm very lucky, uh, to, to, uh, work with amazingly talented individuals, like much beyond, you know, uh, what I can, uh, I can provide myself. So, uh, so it's a really fortunate, uh, circumstance and, uh, I do my best to kind of, you know, be there for like providing context and, uh, you know, help, you know, seeing things from certain angles. But, uh, but the team is, is, is amazing. So the, like my, like my duty essentially is keeping like trying to keep things aligned on, on the vision and, uh, you know, provide the, like some of the ingredients, but that's, uh, that's a very much of a, uh, an alignment exercise that then can, you know, push us forward. Uh, sure. You know, being aligned, of course, you know, goes without saying comes with, uh, uh being able to make determinations independently because you know, you know, you, are aligned, you, you know what you got. So
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's a super, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a challenge as you get bigger, um, ensuring like that vision gets trans transferred down. Absolutely. Uh, to others and so uh I am is one of the questions I wanted to ask you um but I real quick to bring it into into the current so you guys received a series B uh recently it was a, up about 40 million series B um and what is the headcount today of of lightning
2: it's about um uh, 60 people between 15 and 60 people and what are the uh, I'm not prepared on the exact one. sorry okay <laughs>
0: But, 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 a uh, g- general range of, of percentage of, of folks that are, you know, you would say are technical, what what does that look like?
2: Yeah, the, it's a high percentage of, of people are technical. I would say that it's about like uh, between 30 and 40 uh, engineers in an uh, IC capacity. And uh, we have three engineering managers right now and uh, one VP of engineering. We have a product uh, team that, is evolving and uh, um, and we pride ourselves to be very product led. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, even you know the sprint planning and and so on. It's all well, road mapping goes without saying. But even you know at the sprint level, uh, we have a very very tight uh, cooperation between product and engineering to the point that I spent. Uh, more maybe more time with product than with engineering uh, at some point point. Uh, and it's like I think that that's the culture that I would like to kind uh, you know keep and uh, you know Im- increase if possible
0: yeah, so how do these teams collaborate if they're you know everybody's pretty distributed uh globally um, how how, yeah. how do you keep folks um you know I, I guess everything from you know does everybody have a certain you know, time zone. They need to kind of be on online and be available, and you know, stand ups and all of those things. Uh, how, how are you all staying in, in sync?
2: Yeah, it's a uh, it's a never evolving quest to find the best, like equilibrium. There, um, we are spread indeed uh, in many time zones from India, uh, or coming from uh, sorry, from Japan, India, and then. Uh, 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 some uh, Central Asia and then Europe, East Coast, West Coast,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and in between, <laughs> between the two coasts. Uh, so, we, but at the same time, we've been doing it forever. Like we've been well, forever in startup time, which is like uh, like <laughs> one year and a half, uh, two years. But um, uh, so. We require, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of uh, find the time to be online uh, at a certain moments. Uh, different teams do it a slightly different right now, but we also have moments in which, you know, more like the whole of the company is online. And, uh, um, but we are also very uh, attentive, I would say, to you know, balance, especially after the launch. <laughs> that we did so before the launch was like every launch um you know there was a big crunch time uh in different capacities but you know everybody gave like 150 percent there uh, for a few weeks but now we know that we're in for the for a game that uh, is fast-paced at the same time it needs to be sustainable so um i i don't see it uh as a net positive that uh, people are constantly always uh, online. So we try to actually cut down on on chat communication, like Slack communication. Uh, recently, we decided to kind of keep it uh, moderate and uh, have more time to focus and so on and have a more asynchronous way of communicating. But we are keeping the check checks daily or every other day uh sure. depending on the rituals uh because yeah i mean we need to see each other we need to kind of uh you know uh, have the pulse so it's a it's a game of equilibrium i i don't believe in you know pendulum being this way or that other way there's always like a fine tuning and sometimes you know you have to you fine tune in one direction and then you realize you need to move I think the most important thing is recognizing what's happening and the uh, patterns and reacting to those.
0: Yeah, and you've stuck to a you stuck to a style from the start, I think is an, is a, an interesting um approach where it's it's not like everybody was in an office and then you had to quickly, you know, convert to remote, yeah, right? Every, this started pretty distributed and and yeah. it, and imagine because of that you probably look for certain skills um you know when hiring uh you know I, if it 's a level of autonomy uh and where they distribute uh, or display that in the past but i guess how would you how would you describe like an ideal skill set that uh translates to su- a successful you know technologist at lightning hmm. what are some of those that's, traits uh, of, like
2: that yeah that 's interesting um uh, for sure uh, that 's an interesting question i would say uh being open-minded and uh, being available for taking suggestions, not just for from your manager, but from from colleagues, with non non-defensive, and at the same time, trying to not be wrapped around your own initial idea, right? And uh, but still, like defend, like come to. Something that you believe in and kind of you know be able to defend it, but also you know uh, change your mind along the way. Uh, be kind of uncompromising on on the quality that you want to deliver. Maybe you cannot deliver it all the time, but you know. And at the same time, you know, find a good balance between speed of execution and how like confident you are in the in in the solution that you found. And I would say one of the characteristics we want people to develop, even if they don't come with this characteristic, is be user-obsessed or user-focused. And it's not something that everybody has, or maybe uh, some people think they have it, but they don't really have it. Uh, some others, maybe because they come from an open source like uh, background or maybe because of their own background, uh, they have it in them, so it's it's a skill set that becomes like a a, a non option uh, that you can either develop or uh, or or have it uh, in you. Who would you describe know, as, your, quite- as your? Yeah, yeah no, you. I you, don't know if I addressed everything that you wanted to know. <laughs>
0: you, you definitely touched on it, and I would say too, like you know, uh, yeah, who would you describe as as your users? Then
2: that's a very good question. Um, it was easier a few months ago. <laughs> right, uh, I would say that what we built is for, yeah, people that need to. So we, we range from the researcher, uh, which was what PyTorch Lightning was created for originally, right? But then it got adopted. Like a researcher is not necessarily the academic researcher is the person that needs to create something new out of some material they have and make it so that it behaves like that works as, uh, as, as well as possible. But then now we're going into the, uh, uh, we into a territory where we are enabling people that build models to do more. So the mm-hmm. whole premise of Lightning is expand the capabilities of people that are building models beyond building models and into systems. So uh, Lightning apps are distributed systems in 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 themselves, for which you don't need to worry about how the Distributed components, uh, you know, communicate with each other. How you deploy them, how to pass uh, payloads between them, and so on. All you need to to focus on is on execution logic. And by doing so, we're kind of empowering these people to like build complex systems that can, you know, uh, execute things on remote machines and then you know bring back results, or you know, bring up uh, distributed systems for training. And then, you know, maybe orchestrate some other service that will do uh, serving and so on. Um, so I would say that the users are all the people that need to build software products uh, mm-hmm. that can, that have AI in them. And they need to do it with the least amount of like uh, cognitive overhead as possible. That maybe in the future or even uh, present day includes uh, people that today do ML ops because they need to kind of, you know, get down at the, I don't know, Kubernetes level to make things happen. But maybe tomorrow they will not need to if they don't have to. If they mm-hmm. have to, they can. Or people like DOT engineers that build doc systems, and maybe they will continue to build doc systems for specific things, but maybe build reactive Distributed system with lightning AI, uh, that kind of you know surpass the concept of DAG and you know, take it to like a more React uh, style programming for distributed system, so that now they can do more to maybe orchestrate DAGs uh, along the way. So I think what we built kind of can empower people working on every piece of the MLOps kind of uh, or the ML lifecycle. Uh, but we will strategically focus on a few of the blocks and then, you know, go from there. Uh, but of course we welcome everybody that is interested in this kind of concepts to kind of engage at any point of the life cycle. Of course.
0: Well, I think this comes back to the, the root of, you know, you're, you hire folks that are um, obsessed with the mission um, uh, of what you're doing. And so you want folks that are, User obsessed, right? They're building for the users, and the good news is, you know, they're you're hiring those builders that are built that are building for other builders, right? So it's easy to kind of connect those dots. Of yeah, you know, when you when you're bringing somebody on, for one, I would imagine, you know, you're 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 attracting a certain type of engineer um, uh, because they see that and they probably used a lot of some of these tools, and they they get excited about that. So you know you you know when when you compare you know what lightning is as a as a company versus you know maybe it, there's this you know just i call it just this generic little b2c app that's out there like a fintech type of app um there's a lot of you can you can dissect a lot of differences here in terms of the types of individuals that you know you you have to sell versus you almost like you're organically kind of going to attract that type of talent because of the fact that you're working within those communities. Is that accurate? Does yeah, that make that, sense? that's
2: pretty accurate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course, you know, you end up attracting different people for different reasons, but sure. I think there's a pattern there for sure. Um, uh, which is, uh, which is great. And it's, I think it's going to kind of uh, increase in the future as we, uh, our footprint will, Uh, will kind of expand into other parts of the life cycle, but with the same kind of imprinting, right? Um, Sure. I like what you said about, you know, builders that build for other builders. At the same time, Lightning apps that we're building today will be uh, useful in themselves Mm -hmm. uh, because they are themselves products, right? So right now you can actually build a product on our uh, uh, platform and... It can be open source or it can be closed source, right? So you can actually, you know, speed up the time from an idea to where you have the system actually running and doing things. Um, and so, like all the people that are using Grid today, uh, will have the opportunity to do much of the of similar things in uh, in uh, in Lightning, with the added benefit that now they will have an extensible platform. That mm-hmm. will allow them to code their way to greater complexity instead of patching things up with bash scripts uh, here and there, mm-hmm. right? So, um, yeah, I, I think it like that's why I'm, I'm really excited because you know uh, when you can leverage mechanisms like composition and so on, uh, that's where some of the magic magic can happen, and you know, and the tools go beyond what you initially you know thought they they would have to do. So that's a magic thing and I hope it happens this time as well and it
0: sounds like so you guys have um, some exciting ideas about you know how the product should evolve some of the, the, the features um, what, what would you say are, are, is one of the, the bigger challenges that you face going into the, the next say 12 months and it doesn't necessarily have to be pure technical you know you can you can look at this from a, a simple growth perspective. Technical.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm curious. It's on very what you're seldom, or purely technical. Anything yeah, that keeps sure. you up
0: at night uh, when you think about you know the next twelve months of growth?
2: Well, you know, luckily I am a very sound sleeper, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, I I very seldom stayed up at night. But
0: um, I was going to say uh, I, I take a lot of melatonin, so it it, it kind of helps me when I think. through <laughs>
2: Our, absolutely. Our group, uh, yeah, you need to sleep, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, I think my the main thing you, we, you need to do, which is easier said than done, is to achieve the right amount of focus. Um, because, you know, the moment you can do a lot of things, it doesn't mean that you need to do them all at once, right? And But, of course, you know, this comes with the, the choice of what to do first and what to do next. And so how you sequence things needs to be a, a something that you kind of you know tr have trust in to the point that you you want you know like make abrupt changes if you see conditions like morphing like in the vicinity of where they were. Of course they if they if everything changes, you need to reconsider your strategy. Uh but keeping the focus is uh also means that you can deliver products with a higher and higher quality and so on. So it's, I think it's the, like, I, we are in a very fortunate position right now because, you know, we have a, a product we truly believe in, which we think is transformative. We need to get, you know, more people using it and, you know, more industry uh, uh, trying it out and so on. So it's a good problem to have. Um, And so we need to keep like this kind of mindset, but at the same time, you know, have our own kind of idea on how to kind of do what we, what I said at the beginning, which is empower the users that believe in us today that use uh, PyTorch Lightning in the industry and in the community to do more and more. And this is, I think, the the right kind of uh, strategy that we want to pursue. And, uh, and this is what you will you will see from the outside
0: and, you know, in the next few months. Very cool. Um, you know, I, I, I did some, some digging, um, on your careers page and I, I have to give you a compliment in terms of maybe one of the most thorough job descriptions I've ever seen, uh, was some that came from, you know, yearalls. I don't know if it's your people team is doing a fantastic job with this, but, um, you know, it's, it's very clear, um, that you take care of your, your team members uh through benefits and perks. Um talk to me about, you know, from a culture perspective, you know, what what do you love about Lightning's culture?
2: I think that, well, first of all, the job descriptions and so on. Yeah, we have an amazing uh people team, as we have uh amazing uh marketing team, product and so on, uh sales and support. So I. Uh, I think the the thing I value the most is really you know uh being around such you know uh, nice and dedicated people so uh and i put nice first and <laughs> dedicated mm-hmm. second because i think you know it must be a pleasure to kind of you know go like take the journey together because it's you know much of it is the journey you know and of course we want we are on a mission and so on but you really need to enjoy every day um so from a culture I would standpoint, I would say this is very relate What I just said is very related to the culture part, right? So, uh, and sometimes it's hard, you know, uh, you're faced with challenges, with hard decisions and so on. So it's not always like uh, Kumbaya, right? But at mm-hmm. the same time, you know, there's a trust that we, uh, that I think we developed uh, in each other. Uh, That allows us to speak freely about problems, but not, you know, do it in a pretentious way, like, you know, politicking your way through things, but, you know, in a very candid way. So uh, I think that that to me, aside from, you know, being user obsessed and so on, is the culture we want to maintain moving forward. So the good thing about this is that People that are not a culture pit stick out like a sore thumb, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know they—they it's—it's really evident. Then certain dynamics come out, and uh, they're e- really easy to spot. And I wouldn't say again with a pendulum, right? Radical candor is yes, it's nice in theory, but sometimes you know you need to kind of figure things out in a in a in a small group of people, and then <laughs> kind of no, uh, lead or take, like prepare, uh, others to listen to the story without like exposing everyone at the same time to the same thing, because not everyone is prepared to listen to something. Usually when you tell something to someone, you need to have done the prep work before to kind of, you know. Prepare the context for, for, for that something to be received in, in, in a good way. And I experimented it in my past where I was kind of, you know, pushing a vision, but, uh, uh, I, I remember a few people weren't prepared for it. And you, you can see that, uh, it's not getting on the other side, uh, either like it's devoid of content or it's actually a different content because it gets on the other side. And it's not because the people are not good listeners it's not because you, you you don't talk correctly, but you didn't do the prep work they're taking the people to a place where you they could listen to you so I think that uh, having this kind of transparency is good provided that you do the prep work and so this is something i i i i, I take at heart uh so mm-hmm. uh and i uh, try to kind of, uh, you know, um, I, I think this is shared with the managers that we have, so I don't want to take any credit <laughs> there, but I think it's a, it's a common kind of, uh, culture and something we try to facilitate, sure. uh, because context is, you know, so important to transmit in, in, in the correct way. And when, when there is, and then where, where's this like a uh, opportunity to be very, uh, open and at the same time, respectful, um, uh, that's where you, you, you know, you, you feel like you're, uh, a team that yeah can do anything at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it also always, you know, it has to, it has to start from the top down as well. Right. Um, you know, that, that leadership has to. Kind of embody some of those values and hire, you know, with that intention. Otherwise, it's easy Absolutely. for for you to lose yep. that culture um, early on. So, and I think another thing that stands out too is, you know, you all are a globally distributed team, so you're getting you're getting a lot of, you know, a, a diverse crew coming in that is coming from all walks of life. And you know, I think there's something really fascinating about that. Um, I think people, you know, they they want to you know, they want that, you know, I think it's obviously something that every company needs to be mindful of, you know, in this day and age is, you know, hiring, um, you know, a, di- a diverse team and and knowing like the, the stats are out there that, you know, it's, it's, it converts to success more so than if you, if you don't do that. So, um, you all are hiring, um, you yeah, know, literally around the globe. Uh, and, uh, because of that, you know, you're bringing in a, a really diverse crew, which I think, you know, just creates a a little bit more of a, a, an interesting culture, right? So.
2: Yeah, for sure. um, Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, uh, the diversity of the culture never needs to be confused with, uh, you know, uh, uh, like uh, not keeping a tap on certain prerequisites that the interactions need to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, basically there's no excuse for certain behaviors, right? Uh, no matter where you come from, you know, and, and, uh, but at the same time, we, I would say that, uh, this was never a problem in itself. So it's more about like finding people that kind of fit the the general, I wouldn't say culture because when you say culture, it comes also with the land, right? But Mm -hmm. I think uh, it's a human predisposition rather than culture because culture can different, can differ, but the human predisposition towards, you know, the other people and towards what they do, um, it's something we need to recognize and, uh, uh, and, and, uh, hire as a function of it.
0: It's one of the easy, it it sounds like a very simple thing. It's in fact, it's something that we kind of embody here at Hatch too. It's like, we just, I just hire nice people. I don't want to hire jerks. And that's, it's that it sounds like so simple to say out loud, but um, the reality is, you know, everybody here, you know, it treats everybody with a certain level of respect. Um, Nobody, you know, has, you know, too much of a guard up, right? We don't take ourselves too seriously. These are the types of things that, and I speak with every person that, you know that we bring on as well like i we're we're fortunate to be at a size right we are you know small enough to where that's not not an obstacle um and so it's it's really easy to to kind of con- continue to bring in these types of individuals and it sounds like you know that 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 just kind of struck a bell with me when you said like we, we hire nice people like it's it's a it's a theme right it should it shouldn't you, you don't wanna bring in folks that are gonna um
2: you know all it mean, takes It's one much point. harder to correct for that right it's much harder to correct for Bad behavior than or the fact that you don't know Kubernetes API, right? right. Of course, if you have are a bad coder, probably you won't be hired. But it's also on us to recognize that. But yeah,
0: yeah. But it all it takes is one one bad apple to spoil spoil the bunch. So yeah, yeah. Um,
2: it's so hard, you know, and it's so hard to kind of you know get back to where you want it to be, because then yeah. you know it's a lot of uh, domino effect. I've seen it happening sometimes. So it's um, uh, not particularly, you know, not in this particular case, but uh, there are some situations that, you know, are really hard to recover or sometimes they're kind of easier than expected to recover, but it's always a big unknown. It's a big risk. So. Sure. Uh, yeah.
0: I, I want to close with, um, you know, a, you, you all, uh, are growing and I'd love to just, you know, if you want to kind of spitball the types of roles that you're, you're currently, you know, kind of hiring for, um, at lightning. Um, and then we can kind of wrap it up and close from there.
2: Yeah. So, um, uh, we are growing, let's say with a, for now with a low pace, but we're certainly looking for, for people. um, uh we have uh platform roles uh, uh front end uh, front end full stack we tend to hire full stack uh and also we are interested in people that are passionate about open source for sure um uh, in that case uh we you know we look for for a python uh back, background uh on the platform application we we uh we, we prefer to use go uh, so this is the kind of stack uh, that we have. Um, and uh, let's say if there's a lot to build and as a function of what we will build uh, as a sequence of uh, no, things that we will tackle, um, but there will be opportunities also from people from other backgrounds that are not like ML researchers um, uh, that... Uh, Will help us, for example, in the you know uh, uh, data engineering space and so on a bit uh, more in the future. That will you know need to help us kind of you know uh, expand into territories that we uh, we haven't uh, you know, particularly been in in the in the recent past. Uh, so we are also kind of we already have people uh, on from that background,
0: but you know, it's something that we might also, you know, uh, want to grow more. Very nice. And, um, I'd imagine these, are these positions are, are showcased on your careers page. We can include that in the, in the show notes as well.
2: Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. And,
0: uh, and if there's anything else that you wanted to add before we close, um, you know, feel free to, to go for it, uh, now, but I, you know, I just wanted to thank you for sharing your story. Um, I think it's a, A fascinating journey that that touches on a lot of things not just from you know how you how you're you know impacting you know how technology is is uh you know becoming more and more innovative in the spaces of ai machine learning deep learning um but just you know those learning lessons along the way i think those are the those are the 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 things that really stand out um when you know when you when you when you speak with a cto you know a lot of folks that maybe come to interview right um it's easy to be intimidated, but it, the 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 reality of the situation is you know you're just a person, you know, a human being that went through the, your journey, and it's important to share that. So I think, uh, I yeah, thank for you for sure, that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was uh, you know a very you know fortunate sequence of circumstances, but the the best is yet to come. So that's you true, know, it's, So it was always a buildup in, in uh, what's going to come <laughs> in the near future. So we're always projected there.
0: For sure. Well, we're standing by. We're, 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 we're ready to follow it. So we're excited for you. Thank, <laughs> thank you for spending time with us on, on the Hatchpad.
2: Thanks for having me, Eli. It was great.
1: Are you a startup founder or tech leader looking to grow your engineering or product teams? If so, HatchIT could be a partner worth exploring. We've helped hundreds of startups scale their tech teams with relational and marketing-driven recruiting solutions. Check out hatchit.io hire to learn more about how we can help your teams grow.